Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they weren't an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. And welcome to episode 33, where today I am talking to Wendy. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Lily. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know we have been back and forth for a couple of months emailing, and thank you so much for being willing to share your story today. So without further ado, why don't you go ahead and take us back to, I guess, your family of origin and let me know a little bit about your original family and what your childhood was like. So I grew up in Massachusetts with my mom, my dad, two younger half-brothers, and two older stepsisters. I did not know the dynamics until I was approximately 11 years old. My parents had brought me into a therapy session and proceeded to tell me that my dad was not my dad. Being a rebellious teenager, preteen, I wanted more information. I was told it was a gentleman um, that my mother had known that previous to them getting married, that they got married the year I was born. And it destroyed me at that age. There were so many questions of, well, why, why didn't you tell me to begin with my Older stepsisters were not only verbally abusive, but physically abusive towards me. And I could never understand why if I sat on my dad's lap as early as three or four years old, they would shove me off and tell me that he wasn't my daddy and I couldn't sit on his lap. Mm. Oh, that's so painful. Yeah. So... After a few sessions of therapy, I demanded to meet my biological father. And uh, I was brought into a grave site in a cemetery in the town that I was born in. I said, here's your father. I still remember that day as if it was yesterday. I can, I'd been to the cemetery once to see the grave with them. And to this day, I can remember exactly where that stone is. It was really hard. From that point on, although we did have a good family life, it was very turmoil after that. Um, It seemed like I was being excluded from a lot of the family activities. I don't know if it was because of my age and I was a teenager or if it was because the dynamics had changed. It felt like my life had changed. So my parents had told me that this gentleman was my father. I was believed to be 75% Irish. I took pride in that. Maintaining still that this was my dynamics of my family, my mom, my dad, my brothers, and my sisters, still maintaining that. 
moved past it, tucked it away, lived my whole adult life. Fast forward a couple decades, my mother saw that they were doing DNA tests. She's like, she was harping on me. She's like, I really want to do one. I want to see how much Portuguese I am. Okay, mom. Finally, I conceded in spending the money for her to have a DNA test. I got her the test for Mother's Day and I gave it to her. She got her results back on Father's Day. And it said she was less than 10% Portuguese. And I go, well, that's odd. You know, that that's how our family was, you know, we were told we were, you know, 50% Portuguese and, you know, 50% Irish and that's and maybe like 2% Polish or something. So I'm like, huh, that's odd. I'm like, so I started looking at like different things to do with DNA and how people moved from one country to another. And that information was lost decades ago, centuries ago. So I'm like, yeah, okay. She goes, well, you know, you really should do yours because I want to see how our ethnic backgrounds differ because you're my daughter. I really wasn't even thinking much about it. I was like, okay, yeah, I know who my dad is. You told me who my dad was. I'm like, yeah, if they go on sale again. So uh, Ancestry had done a um, promotion through Prime Day and, it was priced within what I felt was a decent price for a DNA test and uh, bought it on July 17th of last year. These dates that I'm giving all have great significance as the story progresses. I bought my, my daughter one too, because I knew her father didn't know who his parents are, which is another whole side of the story that I haven't even gotten to yet personally. So I sent, I spit, I sent it back on July 18th. I stalked my ancestry DNA every day. I was just so curious. Something was just burning in me. I wanted to know. I had to know. And it had nothing to do with the NPE. I just wanted to see how we differed. I was more interested in what my daughter's DNA was going to say on who her grandparents would be. So I get the test results back on August 12th. I was at a Weight Watchers meeting and I'd driven to a local grocery store and I opened it up because it said my results were back. And I see generations back of cousins that I knew on my mom's side. So I knew that my great-grandmother was my great-grandmother, my grandmother was my grandmother, grandfather, right up down the line, was all correct. And I'm like, oh, that's odd. There's there's nobody with the last name my mother had given me. I'm like, I figured I would at least have distant cousins on my, my biological father's side. I'm like, there's nobody at all. I'm like, okay, that's weird. So there were two females that popped up as uh, – close relatives, first cousins. I'm like, huh. And like, and they had the same last name. And I'm like, well, that's, that's really weird. So I'm in the middle of the grocery store and I call my mother up and I said, Hey mom, you know, the last name, um, so-and-so she's like, no, I don't even know anybody with that last name. I go, you don't. I go, you want to rethink that really hard? Cause my mother has a, 
tendency to modify the truth for her, her own being. Okay. And I knew this. So I still pressed. And by the time I had done my complete grocery shopping of, you know, $300 later, um, she finally says, Oh, he was my mentor. I, I, I knew somebody with that last name. He's my mentor. I bartended with him. Like, Oh, okay. And, uh, I kind of like just got off the phone with her a little aggravated and uh, breathed and I called her back. I said, mom, there's more to this. She's like, oh, DNA lies. Mm -hmm. Okay, mom. So they receive millions of samples every day and they specifically lost my DNA sample and confused it with somebody else from the same town. I go, I have a better chance of winning the Powerball than to get them to confuse my DNA with somebody else from the same town. I said, would you like to explain to me how my daughter's DNA matches my DNA then? That would mean that they would have to lose both of our DNAs that were sent in on different days. It doesn't work that way, mom. She got mad at me, yelled at me, hung up. Okay, whatever. I wasn't going to get any direct answers from her. I knew that at that point. So the woman that I had the most shared uh, centigrams, I had a very warm looking smile on her picture and said that she was a beginner researcher and willing to help um, do family trees. So I sent her a message and I said, uh, kind of confused. Don't understand the centigram things at that time. Um, says you're a close family to, uh, first cousin. Can you explain this, how the, how this matches? I'm confused with the surname. And she sent me a message back and said, Oh, here's my number. Please call me. Okay. I had, um, that was obviously the next day. So I had been up kayaking in the white mountains and, uh, I called, she was actually had been vacationing in Montreal at the time. So she didn't have like service the whole time she was there. So she calls me and, uh, she explains to me who she is and who her, her brothers are and her father is. And, uh, said, well, it can't be your father. I'm like, he was 55 when I was born. That, that wouldn't work. And uh, like her brother, um, well, my brother too, is uh, 30 years older than me. So, yeah, that, that's a possibility. So she said, well, my, my brother was a lot like, not my brother, sorry. My father was a lot like Jeffrey Epstein. He liked the young women. So I raised my eyebrow like, oh boy. And she was telling me about a pool party that they had when she was 15. Um, that the man, her, her father, now known to be my birth father, um, had a big huge pool party with him and his buddies and uh, his business associates. 
and uh, there were a lot of young ladies there and how he did a cannonball into the pool and his toupee came off. And all the girls went screaming out of the pool because they thought it was a dead squirrel. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm giggling at this point because I'm A, nervous, and B, I can just vision this 55-year-old man jumping in a pool and having his toupee full off. So I said, okay. Um, she goes, I'm going to send my nephew uh, a DNA test. She goes, I don't know if he's going to take it or not, but I want to send him one so we can determine whether you're my sister or my niece. I said, okay. A few more days go by. I go back and forth with my mother, just trying to get anything from her. And I said, finally, I said to her, I said, mom, I said, there's two men. They have the same name. One's a junior. Who's one's a senior. Which one is it? She goes, well, it definitely wouldn't have been junior. I go, so you're admitting that you slept with the, the, the father? She goes, no, 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 no. I don't know where you came from. I don't remember it. I must have been, I must have been drugged. I said, okay. And then she proceeds to tell me, she goes, I did go to his house for a party. His kids were there, um, his daughters and his, his, his son and her, his younger son. They were all there. And the father jumped into the pool and did a cannonball and his toupee fell off. And we all thought it was a squirrel. <laughs> she tells me the same exact story this woman oh, wow. had told me verbatim. Oh, wow. Verbatim. I'm like, okay. So at that point I said, you know, yep, they, this woman I talked to is definitely my sister. There's no doubt in my mind, just the way my mother had talked about the father and the son and had said, nope, there's no way it was the son. And then the other brother was only nine years old. So he was definitely taken off the, uh, the track. <laughs> yeah. He, he wouldn't been, you know, at nine years old, wouldn't have been feasible. So I uh, reached back out to the woman and we spoke and uh, we determined, yeah, that without, even without the DNA from the nephew, um, we were definitely sisters. So we, uh, we could gone by, we agreed to meet. We met at a public restaurant and we looked at each other and it was like, I've known her my whole life. And all I did was we both started crying. It was just, very, very emotional. Um, even though I had been told that the other gentleman was my father, I always knew I had siblings out there. Something in my heart just told me I had not a sibling, several siblings out there, something. I always asked my mother, I'm like, you sure he didn't have any other kids? I think I have a sister out there. I think I have a brother out there. And my mother's like, nope, 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 nope. And uh, it's... My mother really still, to this day, will call me up. She's like, I don't understand where you came from. I'm like, well, we learned that in health class. Um, that's not going to change the, the way conception happens. And uh, she boils it down to being partying. Um, so my first sister, uh, she's now the oldest. She's in her 60s welcomed me with open arms, my family, my children. We see each other as much as we can. Uh, unfortunately, the shutdown order has kept us from seeing each other as much as we want to. Um, 
I have gone down and seen my other sister because there's, um, I went from being one of five to being one of 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I'm the baby now, which is really weird because they call me baby sis and I'm not used to that because <laughs> I'm used to being the middle or the oldest because in the, in the household that I grew up in at home, I was the oldest, uh, even though sure. I had the two oldest sisters. So you had to go from being the oldest to the babies, a little bit of dynamic change. I've gone down and my, met a couple of my nieces, a couple of my great nieces down to Connecticut and met my other sister. Um, when she found out, she called me up and she grilled me like I should have been grilling her. She was grilling me wanting to know who my mother was and who my grandmother was. And she just really questioned it. And <laughs> But she was accepting of it. Like she's like my dad, even though her the parents had been divorced for decades, you know, probably 10 years prior to me being born. She, she's, she's like, nope, my dad was still in love with my mom and he would have never. But she still accepts me as her sister. Um, I have a brother who passed away two years prior to me finding out. No, a year prior to me finding out. He would have been 78 this past November. 30-year difference. And uh, I believe that we met um, prior to all this on a different plane, meaning not this past no, I, I, two years ago this month, um, I had this really weird experience where there I felt a male presence in my bedroom while I was sleeping, real strong, real masculine presence. Come to find out the same time, at the same time he had died. Hmm. So I think he, that was like, that's when things really set into motion. And just like little things that I started noticing uh, now looking back of the way I did things and, and whatnot. It was just, it was really uncanny. Um, I have a, another older brother at first was very, very reluctant. Didn't want anything to do with it. He stated, um, I have enough sisters. I don't need any more. Mm, um he was concerned that I was going to claim him as my father. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's not going to work out. You were nine. Um, and he was just really mental health issues run in the family. So he was just very, very leery. Um, Christmas, their mother had died Christmas Eve. And uh, the week before Christmas, his wife actually sent a friend request to me on Facebook and, uh, chit-chatted a little bit via Facebook and whatnot and um, started to develop a relationship with his wife. Uh, I think maybe she was being almost like a gatekeeper of, you know, her husband type deal to, to make sure that it was a, a good fit for him emotionally. Yeah. Um, February 1st, I had gone to a Reiki session and I came back and I took a nice long nap and I jolted myself up to sleep from a sleep. I'm like, Oh crap. I got to wish so-and-so a happy birthday. And, uh, I, so I text him, his wife to tell him happy birthday. And, uh, she said, he wants to meet you. Oh, I was, 
can we do it in two weeks? Absolutely. As I'm texting her, my realtor called to tell me that the offer that we had put on the house had been accepted because we just bought a new house. So everything was just coming together. We, me and my husband had gone down to meet my brother at the end of February, right before all this stuff became uh, prevalent in the U S society. Um, and when he opened the door, I started crying. I didn't think I was going to be emotional, but I just like, and he opened me with open arms and we were supposed to go there for Easter this Sunday, but because of the stay at home orders, we weren't able to do that. Um, him being in his late fifties, I don't want to expose him either. Um, yeah. I do have a older stepsister from my biological father. She, ha- we actually have the same circle of friends, close friends, not just like, Oh, acquaintance. Yeah. Close friends. We might have the same circle of friends. The chance of us running into each other. If we not have not already is high probability. Mm-hmm. And she wants nothing to do with this. She come to find out later in life that her dad was not her dad. Um, and then she did the DNA test and that confirmed it. And she wants nothing to do with me. Feels that I am trying to destroy her family, that I'm replacing her. Um, uh-huh. And it's really hard. And it's like, you know, I have all this love to give. It doesn't matter that you're not my biological sister. You're still a sister in my book. And I had uh, emailed her, introduced myself, and she just, she slammed the door um, mentally that she wants nothing to do with it. She's actually not talking to a couple of the siblings, but that's, that's her, her way, her process, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry. So your birth father has passed. Yes. He would have been 102 this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So he actually died. So my older sister, the oldest is, um, her birthday is July 18th, going back to that date of July 18th. She got married oh. on July 17th, 2004, which was my five-year wedding anniversary to my second husband. She got married to her second husband on the same day five years later. My biological father died on July 18th that same year. July 18th is the day that I sent in my test. Your DNA, yes. Yes. Yep, 15 years later. Significant dates. Yes, yeah. So um, I have not gotten a chance to go down to the gravesite yet, um, mainly because we were just starting to build relationships come August and September and trying to get through the the harsh winter of New England and getting into spring and um, they, uh, my siblings lost their mother in, at Christmas time in January, late January, they lost an aunt, aunt to their mother's sister to a horrific fire in a nursing home. Aww. And then they lost their mother's brother, their uncle this month, um, whether it's the COVID-19 or it was the flu or pneumonia, but it was something to that relationship of illness. 
So in the last three months, they've lost three family members. Oh, your new siblings are are going through a lot of grief right now. Yep. Yep. So my heart breaks for them. Um, Like I said, my mother, she's just not interested. She doesn't want to – I don't mention it in front of my stepfather at all. Um, My mother thinks that people are going to judge her. I said, Mom, you're 70 years old. People do not care what you did almost 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, My siblings don't – on my mom's side, they don't really discuss it. We discussed it at first. They're like, okay, whatever. They're they're just – they're guys. They're kind of like just not interested. Um, My children – Half of them are, you know, all about the new aunts and uncles. The other two, they feel that they will be disloyal to their grandmother. Mm. So I'm like, okay. And it just, things comes in waves. Definitely. I don't have any anger towards my mother as in, I more so frustration. Because I know she knows more than she's leading on to. Um my other sister, when I met her, she told me the same story that my other sister and my mother told me about the pool party. Uh-huh. My uh, biological father was two years younger than my great-grandmother, who worked for the city welfare department. At the same time, he was a city councilman. So, I mean, it was somebody that everybody knew. Um my mother will come up with like little bits and pieces of stories. She'd be like, Oh, well, when you were in the army, I ran into your biological father. Cause she will actually refer to him as that. Um, okay. In, in the, in a restaurant. And I told him all about, I was telling him all about Curtis and Amanda who are my kids. And, um, I'm like, why would you be telling this man that you supposedly just worked in all about your grandkids? You know, she just blows it off. I'm like, I don't know, mom, you know, so. I have a question about when you were 11 years old and they told you that devastating news, you know, that your dad was not your dad. Why did your mom have the story about your birth father being dead. He was the gentleman that she claimed was my biological father was actually killed during the blizzard of 78. It was a very um, well-known story in the Massachusetts seaport. So yeah, there was some fame there too, you know, Oh, that, that was who my dad was. He was killed then. And, you know, so that's what I told people my whole life that this was my father and this is how he died. So it, I had told every a lot of people that that ever knew me. So even today, we'll go to uh, I think it was my husband's fiftieth birthday party. There's somebody's like, "Oh, I thought so and so was your father," or "Didn't your father die?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, found out something different," which just kind of makes okay. things awkward. Yeah, you know, I had done a uh, in college. I did a research paper on the blizzard of '78 and this specific incident, and I was like. Oh my goodness. I'm like, that's not even like a connection for me anymore. Mm. Um, one of my husband's good friends, her 
father was uh he worked for was a radio controller at the time of that incident and we had bonded over that and she was one of the first per- people I called and said, "Hey, I'm sorry. I don't think I was lying to you, but I guess everything I told you was a lie." You know, it was well, you didn't know that's what you had been told. Yeah, that's what I've been yeah. told. So, but I kind of like I was the one that felt like I had the mud on my face, you know? Oh yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. Like, oh, well, yeah. You know, I just um it's just really Sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, you know, and other days I'm just like, but now I'm at a point where because I've started establishing relationships with my siblings and my nieces and nephews, I mean, all of a sudden I have five brothers and sisters and like 15 new nieces and nephews. Oh my. (laughs) I'm like, Christmas came. I'm like, how do I even, you know? Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I went down and baked cookies with me, the younger nieces and nephews for Christmas and stuff like that. And they've been very accepting, very, very accepting family. I know that it could have gone a different way. I have other people that I know that find out that their situation, they get doors closed. I have one door closed, but maybe that door someday will open. I don't know. And look at your new brother. He it sounds like at first uh, he was not open to this at all. And now months later you have this relationship with him. And I think that has to be, I think some people, including me will find, find that a nice story that, you know, sometimes the new siblings are cold at first and then they can, for, for whatever reason, their heart can be opened maybe through their spouse helping them along and, that's just nice that those siblings, the five siblings are welcoming you with open arms. Yeah, I adore them all. And, you know, it's like, I'm the tallest one, I think, of all of them. (laughs) They're all much shorter. If we were growing up together, there's a little bit of similarities, but nothing would have jumped out to said, hey, this was your, you know, these are your siblings. Um, I do look like one of them a little bit more than the others, but not by much, but there are definitely man, you know, the whole nature and nurture, there are mannerisms. Like we all bite our bottom lip when we talk. Mm. (laughs) Um, my oldest sister, the first time we went up to her house, spent the weekend. She's like, it feels like I'm looking in a mirror of a younger me when I talk to you. We just, I can see personality traits in each and every one of them. That is mine. I'm almost like a blend of all five of them, which is uh, definitely, it's nice to know where you come from and to feel like I fit in finally. Cause I never felt like even before I knew my dad wasn't my dad, I never felt like I fit in. I always felt like I was the odd man out. And now I fit, which is nice. And now you have 10 siblings. That's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I counted them like it was siblings day the other day. And I'm like, I, I had to sit there and count on my fingers because I couldn't keep track. And I'm like mm-hmm. trying to remember when birthdays are and, you know, <laughs> hanging on and every word of what they have to say about you know, my biological father from when they were growing up or his parents 
or cousins. I'm just, I hang on every little story because if it wasn't for the ancestry DNA test, my mother being so curious about her ethnic background, I might've never even known. No. You know, but they're like, I wish, I wish I knew when I was younger, but not as a child. Um, knowing the way my mom is and the way they describe my biological father, there would have been a tug of war about me. And I am glad that I didn't have to be exposed to that. Um, would I like to have known as a, once I got to be an adult? Absolutely. I mean, almost a couple, couple of years away from 50, that's a lot of lost time and lost memories and, and whatnot, but everything happens for a reason. And I guess I was supposed to know now rather than earlier. Well, Wendy, this was so awesome. And I want to um, check with you right now just to see before I close if there was anything else you wanted to share. I, I guess it would be more of a word of wisdom to other people that may be listening. Um, Take it for what it is and accept it as it is, whether it's a closed door or open door or or just finding out for the first time. Um, Don't overthink it and just take solace on every little bit of information you have. You know, if they, if the family is open arms, welcoming, embrace it. If they're not, then that's okay because it's their journey as much as it is yours. And, uh, you know, be well. If people would like to get in touch with you, how could they do that? They can email me. And it's W-B-Zimmerman, Z-I-M-M-E-R-M-A-N-N, the number eight, the number six, at gmail.com. Thanks again to Wendy for sharing today. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE that would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.